0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit JDPower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or SleepNumber.com.
1: You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees.
2: I'm right there with you, Kate.
1: And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got what? to tell you. Okay. Yeah. This is what's so great about Quince, because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from Quince. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay.
2: Hello, and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I am Dori Shafrir. I'm Kate Spencer. And we're not experts. Just two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. Hi, Kate. Hi, Dori. How's it going? Let me take a sip of my tiny latte. It's very small. It's so small. And the cup says, Cosmic in a Cup. You're very L.A. today. I love you You walked in the door and you were like... LA just smells so good today. And you're not wrong. <laughs> I have felt really happy lately to be alive. Oh. I don't know that's if
1: that's so nice. I, yeah, I don't know. I just, last night I walked to the dog and I was looking at the stars in the sky and I was like, fuck, I'm so grateful to be here. Aww. I don't know what. I'm not, I don't smell You're not pot. stoned. <laughs> I'm not stoned. Maybe it's this cosmic coffee in a cup that I'm drinking, but I just, I've, I've, I don't know. I'm just trying to check in with the the beauty around me, Dory.
2: I am into that. Also, there is a very lovely smelling bush in my backyard. Oh, <laughs>
1: I love a good smelling bush. I mean...
2: <laughs> is it Jasmine? <laughs> Everyone's chuckling. Look, we all get the double
1: entendre here.
2: What? <laughs> Qua? Um, anyway. Hi. Hi. Happy Monday. Thank you so much much you're so welcome I've come with products to discuss oh and I want to discuss them because this has been
1: I've been having like a product battle in my life for the past like month between is that like a lip sync battle it is it is a lip sync battle and these are two lip colors Mm. there's got to be a pun in there somewhere right like a lipstick lipstick battle battle. (laughs) should I just bust it out for you and tell you about them yes okay so look one day I was at Rite Aid picking up a prescription. Okay. And then I just decided to meander over to the makeup aisle. As one does. Because we've talked a lot about Maybelline lip stains on this podcast. Yes. Which I then, of course, bought three. Maybelline oh. lip stains, but this is not a lip stain. Okay. Lip stain. I mean like one of those 24 hour, yeah, color yeah, yeah, things, yeah. which I really like. Did
2: you see in the Facebook group, someone posted a picture of her hand where she had swatched a few Maybelline lip stains. And 20 hours later, yeah. after like several hand washes, they hadn't come They off. are like
1: the Sharpies <laughs> of lip color. I was
2: like, what is in that? <laughs> Who cares?
1: I mean. Stay on. Um, So I I also purchased a little Maybelline. I want to say I was also swayed by the ad, which I think was like a a a Hadid and a Jenner. I think it was Gigi Hadid and and Kendall Jenner. Uh huh. And I was like, oh okay, I don't look anything like them, but it's a cute pull off this lip color. Now the name of this lip stuff is horrifying. It's called Baby Lips, Mm -hmm. which every time I think about it, I want to (laughs) barf. Baby Lips. I don't, I just, I hate everything about... You know, babies love to wear lipstick. I hate the fucking name of this product (laughs) so much. Uh, Baby Lips. But it's a, it's a, it's like a, it's like a lip balm. It's, it's, it's supposed to be kind of moisturizing and a sheer color. So I'm just going to put it on my hand for you to have for this experiment. So here is Baby Lips. So it's a very light. Mm.
2: And the color
1: I got, sorry, hold on. I'm actually doing this in real time, is Cherry Me. Okay, so so pretty, pretty, right? This was this is about a $3 lip product. Okay. So then after we had Maureen Goo on the podcast, and she talked about this Dior Addict lip glow, I also ran out and bought that.
2: And Talk I talked to me. Okay,
1: so then I bought the Dior lip glow in Oh my god, I'm, I'm literally becoming like a blind grandmother. Berry. So the color is a little different. So this is technically my own little high-low, but you see they're not that.
2: Oh, that's very pretty. The berry is very nice. And how is it? How does it stay on? How often do you have to reapply? So look. I am an obsessive reapplier. Mm-hmm. I think the baby lips
1: fades faster. So here's what I so here's the deal. The baby lips is three bucks about, depending on where you buy it from. But in my Google searching, I forget what I paid at Rite Aid, but it's literally anywhere from two to four dollars. Okay. The Dior Addict Lip Glow and Berry is thirty four
2: dollars. That's a lot more.
1: Okay, this is a thirty dollar difference. About
2: ten times more. You
1: just maybe did some even math.
2: eleven. <laughs> <laughs>
1: now. The they are both like a sheer pinkish color. Yeah. And I, I don't know A
2: mauve-ish. A
1: mauve-ish. A berry, a cherry. Mm-hmm. And I have found the Dior is a little bit more pleasant to wear. Like oh, it's a little bit more okay. hydrating. Yep. Supple might be the word I'm mm-hmm. looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, it just feels a little bit better on. Okay. But for a dupe, this these baby lips, yeah. It is a great product. Did did you get other colors? No, I just bought the cherry. I haven't tried any other baby lips and I haven't tried any other lip glow Dior stuff. Um, But they're both like a sheer color balm. And I I actually really, I I prefer the Dior. I like the color better. I like the quality better. Mm -hmm. But again, I just want to say for three bucks, this baby lips is like also, you get to say baby lips a billion times. Yeah,
2: that's such a great thing to say a billion times. And also, baby lips has. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if anyone from
1: Maybelline is listening right now, you've got to think of something better than baby lips. I hate it so much, but I really like the product. Okay. And we'll talk to them about rebranding. Yeah, we'll contact the president of Maybelline. <laughs> but the smell is sweet it's like a little cherry smell and it just I you know I'm going to put baby lips on my lips oh, so you can please, see the yes. effect
2: hold on she's putting it on she's putting it on just a oh, gentle pop of color yes i really like it i'm telling you this freaking
1: baby lips and it it's like i'm always on the hunt for a sheer kind of reddish yeah you just want to Touch of a color, touch. And, mm-hmm. and this feels very good on. It's very smooth, very light. So I just want to, I want to endorse both products. But I just want to say, if you are in need of a sheer color gloss that feels good on, get yourself some Baby Lips. Kate,
2: three dollars. Kate, you've sold me. It's three
1: bucks. You've sold me. Anyway, I've been thinking. They, they they literally sit in my bag, and I alternate between the two. And and I realized it was literally like a battle.
2: What does the Dior one smell like? Oh, let's find out. It's, it's kind of a sweet, almost like a, Oh, <laughs> just touch my nose. <laughs> oh yeah. hmm. Yeah. It smells like, um, cherry chapstick. Kind of, but this
1: is very, now just smell a baby lip. Okay. That's a real cherry Ooh, chapstick smell. That's yep. Yeah. Yep. So mm-hmm. I think these are probably very similar products. I'm not an expert on dupes, but I do feel like this baby lips is an excellent dupe for this Dior addict lip glow.
2: How does it compare? Because I know you're a fan of the Burt's Bees tinted lip balm. Yeah, I do also. Do you see I have a problem? I just fucking buy
1: these like the sheer same thing. lip balms obsessively. The Burt's Bees, I also like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the color I got is a little bit different from these. That's why I kind of have come down to these two. These are kind of more Pinkish perries. Pinkish Perry? Mm-hmm. Pinkish Perry. <laughs> um, that Burt's Bees that I got is a little bit like pinky mauve okay um oh gosh i'm trying to think how it compares they're all pretty similar okay the dior would remain my favorite i think the baby lips is the best deal
2: all right but I'm that bird's bee
1: stuff is also great people are and
2: not expensive it's like no, seven bucks like or something. maybe right? in the five or
1: six range yeah. um but if you really want to go for it baby lips is the most affordable i've come across
2: good to know you know that's where i am great well you know Anything else happening this week? Um, let's see. Or did anything else happen this week? Anything
1: else happen to me in the self-care realm? Well, you know, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna save it for later in the conversation. Oh, okay. Yeah, great. Yeah, I'm gonna save it. And I also, you know, listeners should know, like, we create a document for every episode with little notes about what we're going to mm-hmm. talk about. We do, and. I got really excited. Like I'll read your little notes that you put in and I'm like, I can't. I wanna text and find out now what this is about, (laughs) then I'm gonna save it. Because I had like a weird bit of FOMO. You wrote, I also you got a new planner. Will this be the one? Yes. And I just recently bought a new planner and I immediately was like, Should I have fucking gotten Dory's planner? I had, but you like, don't even know what planner I got. I know, but I immediately was like, what is it? I need to see it. Do you have it on the table? Sure do. You're hiding it under a piece of paper. <laughs> oh, it's a moleskin. It's a
2: moleskin. Is it a planner? But guess I'm what? I'm screaming into the okay, microphone. Okay. So, god damn it. It's a professional notebook. Well, you know, only the best. It has a table of contents. It has numbered pages. This is similar to my etiquette. I know. I really thought about you okay. as I found this. Ooh, that's blick. A long... um, It has a, a space for key tasks.
1: Oh, I'm into this. It
2: has another space for project planning. Another space for personal goals. We have those. Another space for group goals. Oh, and you wrote some down. I did. I sure did. And then Ooh. we get to the actual planning oh, pages. Those are not
1: dots that you've made. Oh, no. I'm sorry.
2: I'm grabbing this out of the way. So you can, you fill in the date up top. And then this is for the, there's a, there's a, I'm saying this as though you all can see what I'm pointing to. There's um, a section up top with a little square next to it that is for like your schedule for the day. I'm taking a photo. Then there's a narrow column that is like, I've been using it as like check off to-dos. Okay. And Slap. then this column, there's, a, there's another column with a circle next to it that I've been using at night, bullet journal style to like write about my day. We are following similar journeys in our new planners. And then in the back, there are tear-off to-do lists, which I thought was interesting. I don't know if I'm actually going to use it, but I was like, huh. That's interesting. And then there's a nice big pocket here. I love a pocket. Love a pocket. And I love a moleskin. They make nice notebooks. I love a moleskin. You know, I went to, I was like, I'm going to try it. Your your planner, it was very inspiring to me. My planner has similar things. It has
1: tear off to-do lists. It has um, kind of a table of contents. It's it's similar in structure, but bigger.
2: Yeah. Um, This comes in a bigger version. Ooh, I like a big. But for me, I find that Having one that's too big, I want to be able to put it in like my my small purse. Mm-hmm. And if it's too big, it's like it's not. I, I can't put it in there. How much does this cost? Um, this was like twenty two dollars, I think.
1: Now we should clarify. You and I both bought Erin Condren journals at the beginning of the year and abandoned them. It's an expensive journal to abandon. Yeah, I'm I mean, by the time
2: I it. by the time I bought it, it was deeply on sale Ugh, not me because it was like well into 2018 okay um yeah I don't know that that planner I think for me it was too big it's big that was one thing and then it didn't I don't know the way it was organized just like didn't work for me um I also noticed that like term go on say that again uh, like term which is a brand of notebook that makes the dotted yeah. Notebooks, they now have a they must own the term bullet journal. Think they bought it from the guy who I created the. They must journal? have bought it because when I went to Blick, which is an art supply store, to buy a new notebook, which is where I'd previously bought one of these dot journals. Um Loic Term now makes a it's it's brand it says bullet journal on the cover. And there's it's like a they have all these pages in it that are designed as though you would use them in a bullet journal. Now they were all shrink wrapped. So I couldn't see what was inside. I probably would have bought one if they had had one open, That's but terrible. But I was like, no, this is annoying. Um, so I ended up with a moleskin. So we'll see. I'm two days in. Okay. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see how it goes, but I'm excited. I mean, you know, I, I, I would like to have a space for to-do lists and for reflection. And I'm also reflecting in my new journal. I just kind of
1: noting down what I did for the day and how I felt. And it's not, it's, I'll be honest. I used to journal a lot, like write all my feelings, Mm -hmm. intense journal. And I stopped about four years ago and I have had a real hang up about starting again. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of hoping this is my like gateway back to it.
2: Yeah. Are you a journaler? I was in my youth. How about like in your 20s? Or no, like 30s? I stopped. I stopped in my early 20s. Okay. Um, but I have a ton of notebooks starting from when I was like seven years old yeah. to like 22. Um, and then I just stopped. Do you miss it? Like, do you wish you had that? Mm, Rory seems perplexed. You know, I think it was probably useful for me at the time, but I think it also, like my high school journals are just so angsty and I don't know that it would necessarily be helpful for me to like get back into that headspace. I know what you mean.
1: I tend to journal when I'm like in a spiral. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And maybe, you know, maybe it was helpful on some level, but like I've read, cause I did the, um, mortified live show oh, a couple yeah. years ago which is um mortified is this amazing live show and they have a podcast and they have a TV show where people read excerpts from their high school or preteen diaries um and to do that i like read through a lot of my old diaries to find like appropriate excerpts cuz you kind of put it together in a sort of storytelling way hmm. um And I was like, oh, God, this this is like so dark and so filled with like self-loathing. It was like hard to read. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. So I don't know. So what's nice about this is like I'm just I'm kind of briefly writing down what I did during the day, which is what I did when I briefly bullet journaled. Mm. What I do find useful about that is like. I sometimes find that I I start thinking like I'm not doing stuff or I'm not doing enough or like I'm wasting time. And then, and like actually writing down what I do in a day is helpful because I'm like, oh, I did a lot of things. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. So I've found that helpful. Um, so we'll see. I'm cautiously optimistic. the The thing that I think ends up tripping me up is like, I want you know it's like we're so used to things being in the cloud now that like I know I can have like my Google Drive on my computer and on my phone and if I like and on an iPad if I need it and so I kind of want that with my with my planner too like I want an exact replica of it in my handwriting, but like one in my bag and one by my nightstand. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Like one on my desk. You have to like lug the plan. everywhere. You have to everywhere. bring, the, which is like such a 2018 dumb problem. Yes. And it's not really a problem, but I'm just, I think that has been the thing. Like I'll, I'll like forget and leave it in my bag. And then it's not by my nightstand. And then I don't write down what I did that day. And then. I forget to look at the to-do list because it's not on my desk. And so I think I just need to get into the habit of bringing it with me. Yeah, I know. Um, I, know. I'm, I'm, I find that anytime I
1: start a new notebook, and then if you forget it, you're like, well, this day's ruined in the notebook. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Totally. Um, so that is a thing that happened this week. The other thing that is happening is, I think I might've cracked the don't wash your hair everyday code.
1: How did you break this?
2: Well, Kate... Out of sheer laziness. That's the way it all starts. <laughs> you know, since I am not working in office anymore, um, I have been washing my hair less. Are you still showering every day? Well, I don't shower every day. I have not like, yeah, I haven't been necessarily showering every day. Um, if I feel dirty, also because... With IVF, I haven't been able to work out. Right. So I haven't been like sweating really. Like usually if I would like go to a spin class, I would want to shower when I got home sure. because I was, I felt gross. This is a quick question. Are you yeah. still Broadway dancing? Well, I can't. right, because... but, but you haven't, but because of IVF, you, yeah. you'll go back
1: to it once you're mm-hmm. given the green light. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure.
2: Um, And then I started noticing that like, if I skipped a day of washing my hair, like It didn't look as good as, like, just getting out of the shower, but, like, looked okay. Do you dry shampoo? Um, I have a couple times. Okay. um, A couple times I haven't, but I washed my hair on Friday night, and then I didn't wash it until this morning. I didn't wash it all weekend. And it's fine. Like, it didn't look great yesterday, but I wasn't, like, embarrassed to go out in public. I will also say, I wear a lot more hats these days. (laughs) (laughs) I, I can just throw on a hat. You can, especially here where you
1: need constant sun protection. Exactly. Um, I don't shower every day. I go every other day at least, um, unless, of course, like I've exercised or like rolled in a dirt pile, which sure. is a frequent habit of mine. Um, and I feel I actually prefer it. Like it gives me more time in the morning. I I don't. I used to need that like shower to wake up, but I've gotten yeah. kind of used to it, and I actually like giving my my hair a break. I mean, totally, I think, I think many people practice this and some people go
2: way longer. I'll tell you the other thing that has helped is I'm growing out my bangs. Oh, you are? Yeah. Oh, that's an exciting event. It is. And it also means that it's less obvious when my hair is dirty. Right. Bangs are a project. Huh? Bangs are a project. And when they're dirty, especially when you don't have thick hair, like they look dirty. Oh, really? I've never even thought about bangs getting Dirty. Oh yeah, they look really oily and greasy oh. and they're like hard to style. And I'm like, oh, my bangs are growing out. They're blending into my hair. It's like much less obvious. Yeah, I never thought about that. So word to the wise. Don't shower. <laughs> don't shower and don't cut bangs if you don't have them already. Oh, you! Th- I had a moment this year I where I was did. like, I'm going to get bangs. And I feel like a lot of people talked you out of
1: it. A lot of people talked me out of it. I did walk around my house one day with the front part of my hair clipped up to look like a bang. How'd that go? It was not my coolest moment. <laughs> um, I liked how it looked, but bang, I also have a widow's peak. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I, I'm too low maintenance for bangs. Yeah. I'm at the point now where I don't dry my hair. Like I don't um, blow dry my hair or anything. Mm-hmm. I just air dry mm-hmm. it and it's great yeah
2: and I don't think I could deal with making bangs look good every day yeah it's a hassle yeah um yeah well listen I feel like we haven't reminded people in a little while that we have a website we do have a website we're gonna post these notebooks on that we're gonna post these notebooks we're gonna post these lip things we're gonna post everything on there and the website is forever35podcast.com we always post everything that we talk about On the website. And you can also join our Facebook group where there is a lot of product discussion. Facebook.com slash group slash Forever 35 podcast. I think I saw one of the mods post the other day that there are 27 (laughs) spin off groups. Oh my God. Yeah, there's a lot of offshoots. Jesus Christ. That's amazing. So
1: check them out. Um, You can call us. Yep. Our voicemail number is
2: 781-591-0390. And you can email us at forever35podcast at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at forever35podcast. And you can follow us on Twitter at forever35pod. And we're going to take a quick break. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer, just come more
1: So, Kate, yes, I wanted to
2: talk about gratitude today. I am into this conversation topic. And it all started when I saw this tweet by the author Tayari Jones, um, who wrote the wonderful book, um, An American Marriage. Oprah that Book was Club. An Oprah Book. So, if you haven't read it, check it out. Um, yeah, so she tweeted... May I suggest a small act of self-care? Write a thank you note to someone for something every week. And then it continued. She said, I started doing this about three or four years
1: ago. I love it because it is my own gratitude practice that also lets someone else know you care. Oh. And Dory and I both <laughs> made a moaning sound. We,
2: also, she's at Tayari yes. on Twitter. Uh, we'll put that in the show notes. But um, I just thought this was such a lovely idea. It's an it's a
1: beautiful idea. And it reminded me when we had Danielle Henderson on um, Danielle writes letters, I think every Saturday morning,
2: that was part of her self care practice. Totally. And what I love about this too, is like, I know we've talked about gratitude journals before, Mm -hmm. which I think are great, and people should do them. But what I love about this is that it's external to yourself. It's like, Giving grat- it's like showing your gratitude to someone else, and t- and and bringing a little bit of that joy into their lives too.
1: I I love getting cards. It doesn't happen mm-hmm. that much anymore. Um, I think I've mentioned this before that I have a friend who always writes me a note on I think on my mom's birthday or on my mom's birthday and the anniversary of my mom's mm-hmm. death. Still, eleven years later, and it always is so touching when I receive it. it doesn't need to be long. It's just the gesture that I really. I'm so um, moved by, and I I imagine if you received a thank you note of gratitude from somebody in your life, it would be incredibly moving. Totally. So, did this inspire you to start something like this?
2: Well, I haven't started it yet. Me neither. (laughs) But um, it did inspire me to start thinking about starting it. Yeah. Um, I do have a lot of thank you cards which I know because when I recently reorganized my office, I went through all of my stationery and organized it by type of card. (laughs) So I now have a, a small drawer of thank you notes. And of course, you know, a thank you note doesn't have to be written on a thank you card. You can write write anything, on a on a post, you can write a postcard, you can write any kind of card. You can write a letter. Um, but I love, what I love about this too is, like you were saying, the the power of getting something handwritten. Yeah, it's
1: more um, special, I find, than an yes. email. Not that the gesture of an email isn't touching of and course. gracious, but there is something about like <laughs> opening your mailbox and there's a handwritten note to you that's so thrilling Yeah, and moving. Yeah. So, um, but, yeah. But also I imagine the act of sitting down once a week and expressing your gratitude from some, for somebody else in your life
2: is really powerful. Totally. So, you know, I, I, have I've started thinking about like people I can, I can write these letters to. Um, and yeah, I, I just, I just loved this gesture because I think, you know, I think a lot of times self care can and should be inward looking yes but it's also nice to have it bring joy to others yeah um you know we've talked about volunteering and all these other things that we can do to like improve other people's lives as we hopefully improve our own (laughs) um and so i that that was another thing that i really liked about this um this suggestion. We also get a lot of questions I think about
1: how do I do self-care on a budget or like if I can't go out and and get like a $300 spa day like what can I do and I do think like obviously we chat about products and things that we enjoy purchasing for ourselves but I do think that at the core of you know like to me self-care is like finding contentment Mm -hmm. right and and I think this is such an easy, affordable way to add a little bit of like positive reflection in your life that then also positively impacts somebody else's life. Yeah. Now, I like how we're talking about this and neither of us have practiced it. I know. <laughs> both, well, both, like talk. But I actually, I grew up with a mom who was a big stickler about writing thank you notes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you had a similar experience.
2: But... I did. Um, yeah. I mean, we were kind of bratty so it, it often <laughs> took a lot of effort on my mom's part to get us sure to write the thank you notes but she she it was yeah she was insistent and I do
1: think with thank you notes because I also have gotten really bad about doing them and I try to remember and then like three months will go by and I'll be embarrassed that I haven't done it do
2: you make your kids do them
1: I do and actually like we have some that we have to do um, and I was thinking about writing one to my in-laws because they just uh, visited my family for a very long time and watched our kids while we took a trip and really just are the most lovely people. And I just wanted to like really try to express that just from me, not even like from my husband and I, but just totally from, as their daughter-in-law. So I, I am thinking about, right, that's the one I'm going to do and make my kids do some. Um, but I like, I just like this idea of not even having to have received anything to express your gratitude. Yes.
2: That's what I like too. I mean, because I think, I was thinking like, what if I got a thank you note from someone for something that I didn't even remember doing? Because that, that, I was like, would it be weird if I send someone a thank you note and they were like, oh, this, I don't know. I was like overthinking it a little bit, but then I was like, no, that would be nice. I would like let that person know that like their actions and words have meaning yeah. and affect other people in a, in a meaningful way. Do you
1: do anything um, like any sort of gratitude practice in nope. your own life? Do you think you might start this?
2: Um, I briefly, I think I've talked about this before. I briefly did have a gratitude journal where I was like writing down something I was grateful for every day. Um, and then it just kind of petered out. Um, so yeah, so maybe I will start doing that again. I, I am, I've mentioned this before, but I'm in a Facebook group about gratitude. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. And people have asked, like, where is this? And I will tell you, it's a private group. So I can't add anybody to it. Um, Maybe there could be a Forever 35. That's what I am saying to quote you. <laughs> if we have 27 subgroups, let's add a 28. Yeah. And here's here's how this group works. Every day, you just, if you remember, sometimes I've gone like months without remembering, but I try, I'm trying to be really consistent about it. I just write three things. I'm, three things from my day that I feel grateful mm-hmm. for. And like last night, I posted about um, uh, the beauty of the night sky, which I mentioned earlier. It was so beautiful. It really moved me. And then um, taking my daughters to an LA Sparks game, which was really fun. And love it. Seeing the impact of seeing women playing sports also moved me. And then just feeling grateful to be present on the earth. Yeah. It was like that basic for me yesterday. But I find that sharing it in a group and reading other people's one, it reminds me to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it's very moving to just see what other people are grateful for. Totally. And it, it makes you, cause I sometimes get really down and like discouraged and I'll have a day where I'm like, fuck everything. Yeah. And then when I sit down and make myself like come up with three things, it's really helpful. It just shifts how I'm feeling. Um, and I love I like sharing it and it mm-hmm. sounds so stupid and like social media ish, but like, I do like when I see that other people comment or like it, it just makes me feel acknowledged Yeah. Where totally. when I was writing in a gratitude journal, I would write it down and then I was like, I would just forget, but doing it on Facebook in this Facebook group has really been a positive thing for me. I really, really enjoy it. And I think we're going to do a little gratitude challenge in the next couple of weeks where we have to like post for 10 days straight.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: So I don't know if you want to do
2: one with me. Yeah.
1: I mean, or we could do a thank you note challenge and try to write. Should thank we you just
2: back. start a secret group on Facebook? That's just us. <laughs> we will,
1: that group will die so fast. I would be interested in if we each write a thank you note this week. yeah somebody should we i think we should put this tweet into action yes i agree uh and just see like because you know what i also have to say like sometimes sitting down to write a note feels like a larger task than it really is right it actually takes
2: five minutes
1: yes so should we do it should we commit to it let's do it okay and if you're listening write a thank you note to somebody this week for something and let us know how it goes yeah we are we are super inspired by this tweet yeah, we're gonna try to put it into action. Thank you,
2: Terry Jones. Uh, and yeah, read her book. Yeah. And follow her on Twitter. We're gonna take a quick break. Our guest today is Helen Rosner. Our guest today is Helen Rosner. Hi, hi, hi. Um, I am a longtime fan of Helen's, and I'm just going to read a short bio of hers so you all can become longtime fans of hers as well. Um, Helen Rosner is a writer and photographer who is the New Yorker's roving food correspondent, which, like, coolest job. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah, I really like it. Um, She's been the executive editor of Eater, the executive digital editor of Sever. And the online restaurant editor for New York Magazine. She also writes for other publications about non-food things, particularly design, social and political activism, travel, fashion, books, and games. And I should also say she has a really great Twitter account. So if you are not following her on Twitter, you should really do that. Right now, it's at Hells. Hells.
0: Yeah.
2: H-E-L-S. H-E-L-S. Welcome, Helen. Welcome. I'm
0: so excited to be here. You guys are my favorite.
2: Oh, very excited to have you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, likewise. And I also just and this is creepy, but I just noticed how great your lashes are looking. Oh my God. We just met to about 20 minutes ago. (laughs) And
0: the first thing I thought to myself was like "Mm, lashes. You know, I was, um, when I was like preparing to leave my hotel room to come here, I was doing my mental inventory of like products and actually had the very explicit thought to myself, like, I hope we don't talk about mascara because I hate the one that I use and don't know what to do say about it. So cool. I'm glad it's working. Wow, the the ter- mascara you hate did a good job today. Thank you. Why do you hate it? Well, I I don't hate it necessarily. So this is um, which one is this? This is one of the benefit mascaras. I think it's the um, they're real. It's they're real. I mm. remember that it's they're real because I used to wear Maybelline falsies uh-huh. and then I switched to benefit they're real and I was like, this is very ontologically vexing. <laughs> like <laughs> You know, like what is the sincerity of my eyelashes? But um so I really like it because it's intensely pigmented and it's super crazy. And like you wake up the next morning, no matter how vigorously you try to take off this mascara, like you end up with raccoon eyes that descend to your mouth. I mean, like it's pure pigment. Um So it is probably the best mascara I've ever worn, but I don't really know how to put mascara on. Um, I get it all over my eyelids and like I started wearing liquid eyeliner to cover my (laughs) mascara mistakes. Um, And I didn't put it on today. So I look like a mess, but I was actually what we were just going into it. I'm cool. Yeah. yeah. I was in Japan a couple weeks ago for a a work assignment and um, I spent a huge amount of time in drugstores just sort of staring at Mm. beauty products. And um, I wound up buying a mascara guard. It's like this plastic thing that kind of looks like an eyelash curler I have it somewhere in one of the many bags I brought with me. Um, and you kind of put it over your whole eye and you open your eye within it and you put your mascara on and it protects your eyelid from what mascara residue. And uh, I love it. That's brilliant. Do you Just
1: use it every time
0: you apply no, mascara? No, As evidenced by today. I don't but, see like, any <laughs> marks
1: of mistake on your lids. They look great and your um, eyes are popping. Thank you. That means
0: so much. Yeah, I. You I know, agree. Rocking it. Cool. Um, Also, your nails look amazing. Oh, wow. I love this show. This is great. You just compliment everything about me. Um, I, about like six months ago, developed a a really expensive and really lovely um, gel nail art addiction. Mm -hmm. I go to this place in Soho in in Manhattan called Paintbox. And I like it for a number of reasons. and, And the biggest reason that I really like it is I have huge like spa and salon anxiety. Mm. I really freak out about talking to service providers and I feel like a small child who doesn't deserve to be there and I'm not cool enough and I don't know like the gossip or whatever it is and I have no idea how to behave. Um, And I've always wanted to do nail art, but it involves talking to people and like articulating your desires and expressing coherently like your aesthetic goals. and, And also worst of all, like correcting the artist if they do something wrong like if i'm like i want red triangles and you do red squares i have to speak up which is a nightmare for me so the great thing about paintbox is that they have a menu of designs it's like this beautiful little linen bound binder and every quarter they have a new set of like a dozen or two dozen beautifully photographed designs on these like nails and they show you a bunch of different color variations and so I can just go in and like, look at the book and be like, I would like this one. Can I, add, how, I think spa anxiety and nail salon anxiety is a
1: really interesting thing that you brought up. Cause I've definitely experienced that feeling of like, I don't know anything. I don't deserve to be here. My bikini line is embarrassing and they're <laughs> secretly laughing at me like, like that. How did you get over that? Was it just I forcing yourself to go yeah. or do you still experience
0: I it? I still experience it all the time. I have, um, I think like in my home life, I am a very competent and articulate person when it comes to like beauty and self-care and massages and facials. I mean, like I know all the language. I read like every website. I listen to every podcast. I mean, and then I walk in the door of a spa or salon and I feel like an infant. And um, I know it's not me. I mean, I know it's me, right? But like That it's some irrational thing. I'm not over it, and I know a lot of other people have it. Like my hair cut, my hair is horrible. Like I have these horribly frayed ends right now because I haven't gotten a haircut in a year. Because even though I really like the woman who cuts my hair, I'm bizarrely terrified of going in for a haircut.
2: Mm. I don't know. It's it's real, right? Yeah. No, it's definitely real. and I wonder where it comes from. Like, was there a, was there one traumatic event that you remember, or you know, I actually think it's not that I've,
0: I've I've I think like anybody had like the occasional horrible haircut or like right. bad color job or like manicure that I immediately went home and took off. But um, I think I think, and I'm wildly speculating here. I think it's because there's this popular culture narrative. I mean, I'm thinking of like Legally Blonde. Like all these movies mm-hmm. were like movies and TV shows and novels where women have these effortless relationships with mm. their aestheticians, You know, like your hairstylist is your best friend. Or like my mom used to, when I was growing up, um, my mom's sort of big indulgence was that she would get manicures. And this was before it was a really common thing. And there was this woman, Denise, who gave her her manicure every week or two weeks. And my mom would come home from her visit to Denise and kind of update me on Denise's life because Mm. Denise would like, you know, she was going through a divorce and then she was single and then she was dating and then she was marrying a new guy. And it was just like this whole arc that played out over five or six years of our lives. And, um, I don't have that relationship. I mean, you know, I now have like, there's one guy who colors my hair and I see him regularly and we have a like nice, lovely relationship. And I really enjoy that he lets me tip him on Venmo, which oh. is just like such an amazing awkwardness lever because yeah. I don't have to do the like, I'm going to like hand you cash. Oh, gonna, that's like, so awkward. And he lets me just sit there with my laptop. A couple of years ago when I realized I had really, really intense salon anxiety, which is actually connected to like, I have a hard time making doctor's appointments. Like when I'm in a doctor's appointment, I feel much more confident than I do when I'm getting a haircut, but I realized I'm bad at initiating these things. So I um, signed up for one of those like internet personal assistant things, oh. and I was like, "Please make all of my appointments for me." So it was like thirty five bucks a month, and like I got thirteen tasks, and one of the tasks was like, "Make me an appointment to get my hair cut," and "Make me an appointment to get my hair colored," and like "Make me a doctor's appointment." Um, and that was great. That was like an easy way to outsource my misery. And um, and then I I guess I was like embracing my pathologies and um so when I showed up with this um I was seeing a woman who was who was my hair colorist and um and I kind of showed up and she was like chatting with me while my color was processing and I just was like if I do this once I can I can live with this forever and I said to her like listen like it's the middle of the workday, I have some work I have to get done do you mind if I just sit here on my laptop while my hair is cooking and she was like oh yeah no problem and then she wound up leaving the salon and I'm with the guy who I do now and I love him and like my salon notes basically say like she likes to just sort of be left alone to work and I'm in
2: heaven. Oh, I love oh, that. That's great. It's really great. That's really smart. Yeah. Um, well, can we, can we talk about your, your personal self care yeah. stuff? Um, I'm curious, like what, what is a routine that you have that you, you do for self care and that kind of calms you down or relieves anxiety? That's, I, you know, I, I was thinking about
0: this before I came in. Like, I, I don't think I have too many official rituals. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not yet totally figured out how to calm myself down when I have anxiety. Though I think one of the things that has been working really well for me is acknowledging that I have mm-hmm. anxiety in whatever moment. And acknowledging it not just to myself, but to the people that I'm with. Um, I think that this is... The thing that some people call radical transparency, or something I'm, I, I'm sure there is a, a phrase for this, but like I think of it as like leaning into the misery. Mm. Um, it's been kind of interesting. Like, I have you know, if someone invites me to an event and I am really excited to go, and then I just like cannot bring myself to leave the house for a psychological or external reason, instead of ghosting on them or being like hey running late like xoxo i'm trying to just be like hey i am overwhelmed and i'm having a hard time leaving the house and i love you um and it's kind of magical how well that works for me um isn't that interesting that
1: honest being honest about our what we're experiencing in that way and and i'm assuming the response you're getting is supportive and generally yeah Yeah. i mean I,
0: i think that like you know it's there's a as i know like has come up before. Like there's a fine line between self-care and self-indulgence, right? Yes. And I think that it's important to this practice that I not use it as a crutch, right? Mm-hmm. Like that I can't have my honesty be an excuse for hurting other people. Mm-hmm. It can be an explanation for like why I am hurting you, but like it doesn't excuse it. Um, and there have been times when I have flaked on things or not been able to be there for someone or not responded to a phone call on time or whatever it is, right, um, that has had... Consequences, but I kind of feel like if I'm going to get in trouble, I would rather get in trouble for being honest than get in trouble for lying. Um, and also, being honest with other people f- only works if you're honest with yourself, right? Like mm. I I do a lot of work figuring my own shit out, um, which is not always fun, but over the years I have come to find deeply rewarding. Um, in a, in a kind of masochistic way, like I love getting criticism, like. You know, it's not like I like getting yelled at or I like failing, but I really, really relish the care that goes into someone being honest with me, Mm. you know, saying like, listen, like you disappointed me or, you know, your work could be better. Or like, I'm really frustrated that you are constantly running late for everything. Like that sucks. And it super hurts to hear and I don't love it, but like I have learned over time to see the care within that. And that has helped me be able to be more honest about myself to myself and then be honest about myself to others and hope that they can kind of receive it right in a useful way.
2: How does that and if this is too personal a question, you can tell me, um, but how does that play out in your marriage? That is a really good question.
0: Um, I uh, my husband is um, similarly oriented, I think, towards mm. introspection and honesty. And in fact, it's like one of the things, not in such kind of deeply psychological terms, but it's one of the things that I think first brought us together was that we're both really interested in people, um, which is, I think, a, a sort of shorthand way of saying that we are really interested in like how people tick and why we make decisions and and also like how the world actually works. Like the way that I often express this, and this kind of connects to, to my work too as a writer, but like I want to see the threads that connect everything. Mm. Like I I'm it's very high-minded, but, like, I feel like I pursue truth. And I truth has a lot of forms and it can mean a lot of things and you can approach it from a lot of angles. But um, it requires relentless introspection, you know? Like, if you can't see your own biases or your own histories or where you are irrational, you can understand how that affects your perspective on the outside. Um, so my husband, Jim, um, and I – try to be really honest with each other, which is sometimes really rough. Um, You know, we're not like aggressively honest, you know, like I'm sure we've both had like fleeting workplace crushes that like we don't come home and be like, guess what? Super hot person (laughs) in my office. I'm having sexual fantasies (laughs) about them. But like, you know, but there is like an understanding that like we are human beings and those are things that happen in our lives. We also um, go to what we call um, like recreational couples therapy, so <laughs> before we Explain. got um, before we got married, we were together for like uh, almost eight years before we got married. And um, about six months before our wedding, we decided we both were sort of in our own therapies and we decided that we wanted to kind of enter into marriage with a little bit of an on-ramp. And uh, so we found a wonderful couples therapist who we really loved and we spent a few months with him kind of. Just sort of having guided conversations about the big issues of marriage, like money and religion and sex and children and where you're going to live. I mean, just kind of learning how to renegotiate a relationship that had existed for a long time and that was not going to change too radically, but like to create kind of common foundations for how to have these tough conversations. Um, And we go back and see him kind of every year or so for checkups. And that's really great. Like it's it's a powerful and important thing in our relationship. I love that. I mean, (laughs) I mean, it's not always fun. I mean, sometimes like there's like screaming and horror, but like,
1: I don't know. And how long have you been? You said you were together for eight years before you got married. How long has it been Uh, now?
0: um, I I actually was trying to remember yesterday how long we've been married. Um, I think we've been together for about 12 years. Wow, Um, 12 or 13 or 11, something more than 10. Yeah. Yeah. relationships are really
1: hard work
0: yeah and they require they
1: require energy and focus and it can be so hard when you have so many other things going on in your life to come back to the fact that this other thing you've entered into needs care yeah and your attention and like needs work i mean i don't think i realized that as a young 20 something that a
0: relationship is like it's, a, it's an investment. Yeah. It's a, thing you have to work on all the time it's it's you know it's an investment that's a a metaphor that we use a lot actually is like sort of the like how much money is in the bank kind of thing like there are times Mm -hmm. when you need to make withdrawals right like there are times when this is just going to be a lot of taking and you're going to put things under a lot of strain and in order to make sure your relationship survives like when you're not in those times you put work in I don't know it's imperfect I don't want to sound like I'm (laughs) flawless at relationships either like we work really hard at it. And I think kind of like I was saying, it, we have both found a way to find the work very gratifying, yeah. even when it's hard. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic
1: of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad, they're just new. You know what I mean? Like, I am now just discovering crappiness, Dory.
2: Mm. Okay. Which is okay. Visible I know. a
1: bull on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness.
0: Um, I started gardening a couple years ago. This is a self-care routine. This is an actual ritual. I I garden and I have a dog. And I think those are my two Mm. self-care rituals is like these like daily acts of nurturing something that Mm -hmm. isn't me. Um, And uh, both of us found that like when we put a bunch of like vegetable boxes on our porch in New York and when we got a dog, like the way that we related to each other became better and clearer because we were working together on a shared project.
1: What do you get out of the gardening? Like, is it that you love the experience of, like the tactile experience of being with the dirt and the things that you're growing? Is it eating stuff that you produce?
0: Is it just like the beauty of nature? Um, it's definitely not eating stuff that I produce, which was, a, which was a fascinating discovery, actually. So, And also you are a food yeah. writer. So I'm a food writer and I was like, cool, I'm going like to grow all the tomatoes and I'm going to have these beautiful dinner parties with stuff I grew myself. It turns out that by the time I harvest these things, I have no interest in eating them. <laughs> and it's not because I have an emotional investment in it. It's just like, oh, I picked the Made like the thing that it completely surprised me. The thing that I find really beautiful and gratifying is the process, Um, getting dirt under my fingernails, and you know, I like I have this like puffy foam knee rest now that like I'm like and a garden like a sun hat, and it's just for my dumb porch in New York, but like. You know, I was like weeding and checking water levels and there's something exquisitely beautiful. And like anybody listening who has gardened before is just going to think I'm super dinky for like, like, duh, like, of course, this is the thing. But like, you know, you start a seedling and it grows like it, it actually changes every single day. And I feel so like blown away by this simple realization mm-hmm. like was I not paying attention in high school biology class but like we grew corn last year this is amazing so everybody wow. like grows tomatoes right and tomatoes yeah. are the beautiful thing that you grow and they're super abundant I highly recommend growing corn you need very little space to grow corn wow. and it really likes to be clustered closely together because the thing that makes corn fruit is cross-pollination from plant to plant so like if you have like a, a one foot square like a, or like a you know a one of those 10-gallon buckets that you're gardening in, you can plant, like, six stalks of corn in there. And corn grows so quickly that you can see, like, a material difference between the morning and the evening. Like, it'll wow. be four inches tall in the morning and six <laughs> inches tall at night. And at a certain point, the stalk, like, the shoot – because corn is a grass. These are all these things that I learned when I, I like, started gardening. a lot of um, So it, like, looks like grass as it's growing. And at a certain point, like – it suddenly gets darker, like everything changes, and the the leaves of grass that were kind of coming off of the central I'm making very dramatic hand gestures right now. Um <laughs> like the leaves of grass that were going off of the central tendril thing suddenly like spiral. Like it had been vertical and suddenly it becomes a spiral and it just like like that. And you're like, oh my God, like you stop you are now like a beautiful woman. You are no longer a child. And um and then your corn starts tasseling and it's like fucking mind-blowing it's crazy like i feel so like and like i i grew you i mean i'm i am not a parent like i don't know what it feels like oh, to raise a human being but corn, like baby <laughs> i am a mother of corn and then that prepared me to be a mother to a puppy and like and but like it there's just something very like you can't get lost in your own head when you're responsible for the care of someone else, yeah. you know, or something mm-hmm. else in the case of my corn. But like, it also, it feels like really awesome to be like, that's right. I grow corn on my porch in Brooklyn. It like, is, I'm that's, such a homesteader in yeah. my new construction luxury condo. But like, <laughs> <you know? laughs> I don't know. So I think that's like, that's the ritual of yeah. my life is like you wake up in the morning, you water the corn, you take your dog to the park, Standing in nature, like with her, taking her to Prospect Park in the morning, and like spending an hour watching her be a beautiful dog, and not looking at my phone, and mm-hmm. having trees around me is indescribably important to my daily life.
2: Yeah, especially so, in New York. Yeah. Well, can we can we can we kind of completely switch gears yeah. and. I would love to know about your products. 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 Yeah, I have a bag.
0: <laughs> Hold on. So I tried to, to I tried to organize this so that the stuff that I'm super obsessed with right now was in a particular pouch I could grab to show to you. Um, do where you, do you want me to start? Do you mind if I move your water so oh, yeah. I can have okay. prime viewing here. of your... Okay. Ooh, a perfume. It's a perfume, actually, that I bought here in LA, but I'm really into it. Um, Some of these are Oh, this smells
1: so good I think this is what I was Are you wearing it right now? I am That's what I was smelling Oh, cool No disrespect to the Dory To your diffuser No, no But I think it was Hound's Perfume
0: It's really good Um, Yeah, it's it's really good It's by um, this company called Carlin Parfum um, And the name of the scent is Butch Femme Which is very my vibe Um, (laughs) Yeah And I I really like it because I really like citrusy perfumes. Mm. I don't like perfumes that smell like perfume. It smells so good. Um, And uh, there used to be – Banana Republic back in the day used to make this this cologne for men called M. Because, like, they had an M and a W. And it was, like, back when everything was very minimalist. Um, This was, like, when I was in college. And my boyfriend would wear it. And it was so good that I wanted to, like, eat him. (laughs) Um, And it basically just smelled – like citrus. It was like this this citrus with like a tiny masculine twist. But I really like citrusy smells. And um, this perfume, Butch Femme, is by this line that I really like, um, Carlin. And all of their perfumes are kind of a little twisty. Mm. Um, and they're all unisex and like they have very good names. Like one of them is called Men of Blame. <laughs> Which is like so amazing. And I really wanted that scent to be one that I liked because I really wanted to be like, oh, yeah, I'm wearing Men of Blame. That's amazing. amazing. But it's like that. not totally my jam but this one i love because it's just like a lot of sort of like grapefruity basely kind of things and not too vanilla like literal vanilla not metaphor right yeah um so i'm looking at your products yes. what do you wash your face with i don't wash my face oh did you set me up for that no <laughs> i didn't know but i see numerous moisturizers there's a sunday okay. riley good jeans well i didn't take everything out. okay so i um oh, hmm. i have very dry skin um all over my body, um, and my face is weird and sometimes dry and sometimes isn't. And I, uh, it's honestly been like ten years I don't wash my face. I I, I cleanse. I right. use like micellar water. I use makeup wipes. Um, I for some reason that I should probably discuss with my therapist. I really don't like being wet. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't like showering. I don't like having wet hair. I don't like splashing water on my face. Um, Some bizarre hydrophobia. I don't really get it. I love swimming. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. Um, So I used to really, really hate washing my face. And um, then I realized I could just use makeup remover wipes and not have to do that. And when I started doing that, my skin started changing a lot for the better. Um, I, you know, a lot of now cleansing is like high tech and people to, I should cleanse like cleansing has caught up to my complaints but like you know 10 years ago or so like it was like soaps you know and like detergents right. and like these really these very astringent very abrasive kind of things and like you would use you know some face cleanser unless you were like hip enough to know that you should be using Cetaphil or some super gentle thing like you would like strip the fuck off of your face yeah. and then like pile on moisturizers to try to bring back everything you would taken off and Um, I, you know, had struggled with acne and I'd been on Accutane, which just dries you out Mm. so brutally. And it was great. It was like an absolute godsend for me. But, you know, I would like wash my face on top of having this horrible, like, you know, Death Valley Accutane skin. And it was a nightmare. And I just started using Neutrogena makeup remover wipes. And it was like, oh, I don't have to wash my face. I can just do this gentle thing. Um... And chemically, I'm, I might be getting this wrong, but I think chemically, like using micellar water or makeup wipes, which are kind of the same thing, is chemically very similar to, to oil cleansing, which is kind of the only thing that has really worked for me. It's like using fats to remove fats. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I I use a makeup wipe. That's how I wash my face. So the Spiore wipe starts. And would you use it in the
1: morning too when you're makeup free? Or would you just mm-hmm. like start your makeup routine?
0: If I have bathed i will not do it like i sort of assume the shower takes care of it in some magical way um but if i wake up in the morning i will usually use a wipe or like i have like micellar water at home and i use like a little cloth with it um and uh then kind of wait for it to dry and then i moisturize my morning routine is like not nearly as as interesting as my evening routine um In the morning, I I basically just put on a moisturizer of some kind. And I usually – I have, like, a foundation brush that I didn't bring with me, but it's, like, this big, chunky, kind of kabuki foundation brush by Tarte. Um, And I use that to apply my moisturizer in the morning, and then I put a tinted moisturizer on top of that as, like, a foundation. And that's kind of my whole morning routine. And, like, sometimes some sunblock. Mostly at night, I'm, like, a taking-it-off person.
1: I like the simple – Simple is better is kind of where I'm headed mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. Yeah. I don't,
0: don't want to be too fussy. Like I, I, my ritual is not, a, my ritual is growing corn, you know, like yeah, my yeah. ritual is not putting on and taking off serums though. I, I like absolutely deeply respect people who do. So this though, I, I brought this, um, this, this has, has been kind of my, my latest life changing project product. Um, this is, called Wasso by Shiseido and it's a, um, yes, it is called a Color Smart Day Moisturizer SPF 30. Um, This changed my life because I, so I have um, very pink skin that's very blotchy and reactive. Like if you touch me with anything, I turn pink, but then the pink goes away after 60 seconds. Um, So I wear foundation every day because I feel like I need to even things out. Um, this is a, an anti-redness moisturizer and the first time I put it on, I looked like I was wearing foundation and it blew my fucking mind. Can I say fuck? Like it blew my fucking mind. Like I, I have been like part of the skincare revolution for like a year plus and I'm like, when am I going to get to the point where I can take that gorgeous no makeup selfie and I never got there and it turned out that like all I needed was this anti-redness cream and like it's not green like yeah it's it's white and I think it sort of slightly pinkens and when it oxidizes so it's like maybe a little bit foundation adjacent but like when I put this on I look like I have perfect skin wow and it blew my mind and it has changed everything for me and sometimes I just wear this moisturizer and I don't wear foundation and this is the first time since I was like 11 that I have left the house without putting it on and I don't know if it counts as makeup like, this is the thing I keep mm. thinking about is, like, is this makeup or is this a moisturizer? Do, do you know what I think
1: is happening? I think there's something in the middle going on mm. that's, like, a not makeup, not skincare. It's kind of a mix. Because I just got two samples at Sephora by Tatcha. And it's a under-eye thing, but it's not a concealer. It's some sort of brightener that's also a cream. Like, it, there's yeah. just kind of, uh, yeah. like, we've met in the middle,
0: per the song. I like this theory. By yeah. Zed. Yeah. Lauren <laughs> <laughs> Morris. I... I cannot recommend enough. Like, I mean, there are a lot of anti-redness creams out there. Um, and I got this also when I was in Japan, but I think they sell it at Sephora, and, and you can get it most places.
1: You also have this cool sleeping mask. Yeah, I'm really Shiseido. into Shiseido. Um, Shiseido,
0: I've, I've, I've said I, it wrong in my head my whole life. I might be saying it wrong. I'm actually not sure. Um, yeah, I have. So this is one of my like travel necessities um it's the shiseido or shiseido um don't don't trust me ibuki beauty sleeping mask um i got this as a sephora sample like a year ago and it was so amazing that i bought the full size and then i kept the sample size thing and i just sort of decanted into this for travel um but it's this jelly like sleeping mask that um my husband also uses and pointed out has the texture of certain human secretions and um well dory has said that before (laughs) about other things so um it smells super fresh really nice yeah um and you put it on right before you fall asleep and then you wake up in the morning and you look like a beautiful baby. Um, but it's also magical for airplanes. Oh. Do you put it on, on the plane? Yeah. So basically my my getting Smart. on a plane routine is like, okay, so so my I sit down on a plane and I take out my little travel size packet of makeup removing wipes and I take off my makeup and I put on my Shiseido Ibuki beauty sleeping mask, even if it's like a two hour flight and then I immediately go to the bathroom as soon as I get off the plane and I put on makeup again. And do you wipe the, uh, this is essentially a moisturizer yeah. mask, so you don't need to wipe it off. No you probably could I don't know I, I don't it is I feel like if I can't feel it anymore it's not there I don't know but, yeah, um, it's fine. and I try to use it a lot. Um, I, so I use, I use good jeans, the, the most amazing product in the history of the world. Um, I, I agree with you. And, uh, I, I used to use it every night Oh, and that wow. was too much. Yeah. Um, and so now I, I use it once or twice a week and when I use it, I follow it with this sleeping mask mm-hmm. to kind of help balance out its mm-hmm. abrasive it's power acidic properties. Yeah. Um, And then my other... I brought my other, like, plane... So whenever I'm on an airplane, I'm just obsessed with moisturizing. Um, And I I probably irrationally believe that I would rather, like, over-moisturize and break out than under-moisturize and be dull. I'm with you. I'm with you. Like, I don't feel like it is that big of a deal. Like, I can cover it. It's fine. Everybody has them. Nobody is really looking for other people's pimples. Like, I would rather be, like, a dewy, glowing goddess who has, like, a weird cheek set (laughs) than kind of look like a corpse. (laughs) (laughs) um Uh. so i have a couple of of drunk elephant brand things i fucking love drunk elephant everything they make is so good it's very nice um so i have their marula oil which is actually like one of my one true things like i love their marula oil i've been like very into just moisturizing with straight oil Mm -hmm. and for a while i was like nothing matters like they're all the same and then like I mean, I like live and die by Sephora samples. It's all if it doesn't exist at Sephora, it doesn't exist for me. But like, um, I mean, truer words have never been spoken. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I had like the Josie Moran argan oil sample and I had like the Boschia Camellia something Tsubaki oil. And then I had this junk elephant virgin marula luxury facial oil. And I was like, whatever, all oils. And I was cycling through them. Um and realized that this one feels different and makes me look better. And I was like, oh, it turns out these are all actually chemically very different and everybody's skin is different and I should respond to this however it makes sense to me. So I now like buy a full size of this Marilla oil at that I have at home and then I have one of the things I really like about Drunk Elephant is that their travel packaging is really great. You can't refill it, which is annoying. Yeah. Um, but I love how committed they are in all of their packaging to not having anything oxidized. Like it's great that yeah. you can't refill it because nothing will get exposed to light or air. Have you tried
2: the ordinary Marula oil? No, because I have a complicated emotional relationship. Yeah, I know. So I had bought, I bought it before all the drama. So I feel like, okay, I might as well (laughs) use it. Um, And I, I found that that was the one thing that actually could compare to the drunk elephant Uh Marula and it's, A lot cheaper, but I don't know if I'm going to rebuy it.
0: Yeah, and also at the same
2: time, like this is
0: so. uh, Yes, like I'm completely with you on this. But then, like, like I was saying before, in in my sort of like sanctimonious way about like being aware of your irrationalities, yeah, part of the beauty of being human. Like, I know how fucked up everything is at the ordinary, but like who knows how fucked up everything is at like Sunday Riley or Drunk Television? Totally. Like maybe these are narcissistic <laughs> totally. monsters too. And like, I mean, like don't go to the glass door for Tata Harper. Oh my God. I have done this because <laughs> I'm fascinated by her because like, oh. but like, yeah, no. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, this is a frequent conversation in, in um, my day job writing about food, like, you know, sort of sexual harassment in the restaurant world is a yeah. huge deal. And like, People are, you know, the question of, like, should we boycott these restaurants or, like, is that hurting the employees? And, and and I have answers to that. But, like, the thing that I keep sort of trying to remind myself and also feel really driven to remind others is, like, just because we know that these certain chefs or business owners or music moguls or Hollywood producers or whoever it might be behave abominably towards women in their orbit doesn't mean they're the only ones. Like, these are endemic, horrible problems. Um so to bring that back to my personal beauty routine, like I, I on one hand I'm like grossed out by the ordinary, um, and on the other hand I feel like I don't know is it fair for me to punish them just yeah, because I know how fucked they are, yeah. But also, who cares about fair? Also, I didn't like The Ordinary even before this guy had his meltdown. Mm, fair. For an irrational reason. I don't even know, like, why. I was just like, it seems too cool. I, yeah. I, I'm such a hater on cool things. Like, I'm not cool. And so when things are cool, I'm, like, this very sort of, like, knee-jerk, nerdy response where, like, I'm the real bully, you know? Where I'm just like, no! <laughs> like, it's it's obviously empty and valueless because beautiful people like it and they are shallow and have no worth. And, like, and it's like, oh, no, like, actually, everything is fine. I don't know. I'll check out their marula oil
2: because yeah, this is I'll, so expensive. I, I have it. I'll, yeah, yeah. you can do a little I'll, yeah test. with a little test. Yeah. Um,
0: okay. And then the last thing I wanted to bring up were these um, urban essentials, like herb, like with an H, like herbs. Um, or is, this is their orange toilette. Um, I don't actually even know what this is. So I was looking at the ingredients earlier today. Um, I think aromatherapy is super dumb. I'm sorry. Like I think I like things that smell good, but like I'm not like a woo woo person, and like. I guess, like, lavender is calming and, like, whatever, really. Like, it's not my thing. Um, I got a bunch of these in, like, a beauty sample pack from anthropology uh, like, a couple months ago. And it turns out they're awesome. I think they're supposed to be antibacterial wipes. Like, that's the goal. Oh, but, like, they okay. smell good. Um, and they have them in peppermint and lavender, but they have it in orange. And like I said, I'm like a total slut for citrus. Like anything that smells like citrus, I'm really happy about. Um, you should open this. Oh, really? it smells great. Is yeah, it i have having waste. No, no, no. I have, have, I have a bunch. Um, oh, I have such a hard time opening a product thinking it's going to go to waste. No, 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 no. I have several.
1: Do you want? Do you want to open one too? Oh, this smells so good. Oh, okay. you want to take
0: it out? Like do okay. the thing. So it's like it's a towelette. Do you use this on your face? Like just a f- refresher? Okay, read the ingredients and tell me what you think that third thing is. The
1: ingredients are water, orange essential oil, and then Tween twenty.
0: I don't know what that is. Like, first of all, tweens are like nine to eleven. Do you think right? it's twenty tweens? I don't know. I don't know what a tween is. Like, have you ever smell googled straight? Tween twenty? No, I didn't. Like, I have no. But these smells so, yeah, smell so good. Yeah, smell so good. So I used to always bring like an orange or a clementine on a plane with Mm. me as like a plane snack. Not because I'm healthy. I am like not. I am like an Oreos and Doritos and Chex Mix person on the plane. But like an orange is so good for a long plane trip because it smells great. Like literally because the act of taking an orange out and peeling it kind of refreshes you on an airplane or anywhere really. I think they're like magical. And then it turns out this is a towelette infused with you don't need oil. to eat clementines on no. a plane anymore. So I'm so much less healthy, but I have these cool. I love the way they sell. things made with tweens. I need to look Google tween twenty
2: seriously. Um, but these do smell amazing. Yeah, so I wipe
0: my hands, and I sometimes will wipe my face with them. Even if you just like hold it to your nose and breathe it in, it's yeah, really right. lovely. Like a 17th century aristocrat walking yes, through the really. poor neighborhoods, just yeah. like holding your scented <laughs> handkerchief to your nose. Um, so <sighs> that's that's what I brought. Um, I have a bunch of other random crap, but nothing's too exciting.
2: Well, well those were goodies. Helen, this, this has really been a pleasure <laughs> in many ways. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. A very, <laughs> a very nicely
1: scented experience Indeed. Too, between your perfume and the smell of the product. And I'm looking forward to drinking
2: this tarragon soda. Oh, that's right. We
0: got a soda. Mm-hmm. I hope you like it. I mean, tarragon, it's black licorice, right? Like it's a licorice flavor and it's brilliantly green. It's beautiful. Yes. I'm going a it. It. Brilliantly. Um, I, and I love tarragon and I love black licorice. And for some reason, I find the soda acts like deeply repulsive. But I am—I look forward to you
2: liking it. I can't wait. <laughs> um, we'll have a safe trip back. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you yeah, so much for, for coming. coming on. I love Helen. And she just wrote an amazing a uh, piece about Anthony Bourdain for the New Yorker. So if you guys haven't read that yet, you should oh, that's, I haven't check read that it, out. But I it's will very, it's very moving. I will check it out. Um Kate yes, last week you were you were gonna not take on the poop particles. How did that go? Okay. So Dory, I
1: I took it on. Meaning, no, 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 no. Meaning I'm not like changing my bathroom. Okay. But literally every time I go to the bathroom now, I think about the poop particle conversation oh, no. that transpired. I don't think I'm ever not going to be able to think about it. Okay. Not that I'm worried about things flying in the air. Yeah. I just every time I'm like, oh, poop particles flush right. and I go on my way, but I don't, I am not worried about like germs or anything like that.
2: Okay, you know, so I feel like I kind of and you didn't move anything around in your bathroom. Oh
1: hell no! Okay, my makeup brushes are still right above my toilet, <laughs> receiving those poop particles, which I then brush on my face. Okay, so I'm good. How how has it been going? Not pushing it with your during your IVF cycle.
2: Um, it's been okay. I've been feeling super bloated, and that is because of the IVF. Yes. Um. So that's a little annoying. I finally went to restorative yoga last night, even though you're not supposed to do any twists Okay. Um, because I was like, I can't take it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I did some twists and so far, knock on wood. You're okay. I seem to be okay. <laughs> My ovaries don't seem to have like contorted good, um, or, or burst. Um, so yeah, and I'm going to go to a, I'm going to a meditation class tonight. Oh, lovely. So, yeah, it's just like until I get my period, I can't do any real exercise. And it can be very hard when you're used to that in your
1: life to not do it. It You totally. start, you kind of feel not right.
2: Yeah, I feel off. And I feel also one of the problems with feeling so bloated is like I'm I'll get hungry, but I also feel so bloated. Yeah, So like it's hard to tell. I don't know my eating is weird and I don't know. I'm just sort of like, Ugh, I'm ready for it to be done. Yeah. you am ready for that period to show. Up. Yeah. So that's how, that's how I feel. Um, what's your intention for this week? Um, I, I was inspired
1: by thinking about gratitude. Um, and so I'm going to share my daily gratitude and my gratitude facebook group every day and also i would like to make sure i'm updating my new planner slash journal every day what i've been doing is like writing my to-do lists and then um at the end of the day reflecting on the back of the page just on what i did that day
2: i love that and i
1: like having that record i dropped the ball this weekend but i'm hoping to pick it back up tonight
2: okay um, my intention this week also has to do with my planner. I'm I'm going to try and just keep it up for yeah. the week. It can be very hard with plans.
1: Like if I, we're so accustomed to keeping everything in our phones that handwriting exactly. stuff starts to feel
2: weird all right Mm -hmm. i wish you i wish you luck on that thank you so much i can't wait to find out how it goes yeah um all right well we will talk to you next week yeah so
1: you know forever 35 is hosted and produced by kate spencer and dori shafrir and produced and edited
2: by sammy junio Uh, please leave us apple podcast reviews it does really help people find the show and next week we speak to amina Toussaint. oh my gosh so you're you're gonna want to tune in